Washburn here. And that moment we've been waiting for has finally fucking arrived. Bossy Power Bottom Wear is now officially live on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com for purchase. Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The gay lifestyle and clothing line that unapologetically describes what it means to live your best gay life and show others through your clothing that you bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I. Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom wear. The following is brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. So do you remember that guy that Kyle introduced us to like last week at his dinner party? You know, his friend from like Florida that just recently moved here. And yes, yes, that's him. That's the one. Why I actually ran into him randomly a couple weeks later at an AIDS life cycle event. And he and I just got to talking and he was talking about his move, etc. And then he just looked at me and asked me what it's like to date here in San Francisco. And I just looked at him and I said, how much time do you have to receive the answer to that question? Because we're going to be here all night. Chances are is that if you listen along with this show, then you know that I have, let's just say, somewhat of an overly obsessive love affair with this beautiful city of San Francisco. I mean, I really just don't foresee myself leaving here anytime soon. I'll probably grow old here, die here, and probably have my ashes scattered across the trough-style urinal of any gay bar within the Castro district of this gay city. I mean, truthfully, speaking of gay, there's really no other place in this world where one can truly and freely and openly express themselves in any way that they see fit, and nobody bats an eye. And I do feel that this city is solely responsible for me being the out loud and proud gay individual that I am to this very day. In fact, I don't really even think there would be my gay expose podcast at all without San Francisco. But before you decide to actually pick up your entire life and start over and move here and think that somehow you're going to live your happily ever after in San Francisco... Let me warn you right now, if you're looking for love and you think that you're going to actually meet a guy, fall in love, buy a house, get matching his and his SUVs, and just find that coveted happily ever after, well, I'm here to tell you that San Francisco probably isn't for you. So sit back, relax, put on that condom, or pop your prep pill, and let's Find out why my happily ever after drowned in the San Francisco dating pool.
You are now listening to My Gay Expose Podcast, a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, self-proclaimed, messy, loudmouthed, and somewhat semi-passable podcast host. Popper sommelier, porn star, fluffer in training, and local San Francisco bossy power bottom that just so happens to be on the left of you on your grinder grid. And this is My Gay Expose Podcast. Ronnie Washburn here. And welcome back to the show that really just sits atop the lifeguard stand and looks across the vast waters of the San Francisco dating pool and sees your happily ever after struggling profusely. And instead of throwing out a life preserver, it just looks the other way. My Gay Expose podcast. And on this week's expose, we explore the entire notion of what it means to openly acknowledge that you're happily ever after, in fact, brown in the San Francisco dating pool and all the reasons why. And just as a fucking full-on disclaimer, the views expressed on this week's expose are not necessarily the opinions or views of the gay community as a whole. They're just really my God-honest opinions, and they should be fact. And I think that once you listen along and you consider yourself to be a gay man, you're probably going to sit there and hear all the things that I have to say this week and hold your hand up high and say one big simultaneous amen to that. We're going to talk about apps, filters, uh, stories that everybody tells you about how it should be here and how they're so not true, open relationships, the grass is always greener on the other side mentality, why SF being a hub is so problematic, and what's your experience with dating, and what city do you live in? That's the question that was asked this week to a few of my friends, as well as you, the listeners, and I'm asking what city each person lives in because I thought it would be fun this week to play a little bit of compare and contrast and see if other gay individuals are drowning just as much as we are. But first, before we swipe right, match on Tinder, agree to a first date, only to find that all he ever wanted from you in the first place was just to get into your ass. First, let's hop into this week's re-expose. Welcome to this week's Re-expose, the segment in which I take the time to reassess, re-examine, re-explain, restart over, or just re-say shit that I said in past episodes that either you didn't fully understand, I didn't fully understand, you came for me and I felt like I needed to readdress, or once I re-listened through for an edit, I was like, ugh, fuck, God, fuck was I even trying to say there? How did I ever think that that was going to land? What the fuck? God, Jesus, what a goddamn mess. That definitely merits a re-expose. 
<laughs> okay, you guys, <laughs> I fucking love it. Okay, listen, last week's expose popped that fetish cherry. Okay, listen, so as I sat there at midnight on the day, I actually had this little vision in my head of how things were going to actually go from the moment I pressed that button and it became a published expose and all of you out in the podcast world could hear it. I knew that it was going to be a big thing. But you guys, listen, I didn't know that that actual expose was for the very first time in my gay expose podcast history going to break the current record of actual streams for an expose within the first 24 hours. And I am absolutely fucking mind blown to discover that in the first 24 hours of the show's debut, it actually was streamed, downloaded, listened to, uh, whatever the fuck you want to call it, over 1,100 times within a 24-hour time frame, you guys. That is the most streams for an expose in the entire show's history. And that's huge. That's just in less than 24 hours. I just couldn't believe it. So, you know, at this point where we're sitting here and you're hearing the sound of my voice in this moment, it's been a full fucking week. So God only knows where it'll be at this moment. But that is a fucking big deal. I'm so excited. I'm so grateful and thankful for you, the listeners. And truthfully, I know exactly why this happened. It's because I talked about sexual fucking fetishes And all of you out there, you're dirty bastards. And I kind of love it. (laughs) So thank you so much, you guys, for being the very best part of the show and just coming back for more each and every week. And I promise you, I'm not fucking done yet. There is so much more filth and fuckery out in the My Gay Expose podcast world for all of you to hear each and every week. So keep on coming back for more. So you guys, listen. In the spirit of us talking about the theme this week being about, you know, how my happily ever after drowned in the San Francisco dating pool and, you know, how really just impossible it is to date and find your Prince Charming and happily ever after and all of that bullshit in San Francisco, I, you know, just in case you are new to the show or not in the know or somehow live under a rock or whatever... I constantly and continuously talk about the fact that for the past couple of years, I have been working on my very first book entitled Gay Walk of Shame. And listen, here's the deal. So the backstory to this book is, is that, you know, I started a few years back and I got distracted along the way. I went through a lot personally and kind of overcame all that. So now I'm back in like book writing mode and Things are going really well, and I'm about a little bit more than halfway through, and the story is just coming together. I'm so fucking excited, you guys. But in 2017, I wrote a blog, and I published weekly that really was called this very title, Gay Walk of Shame. And, you know, it was really just my take on what it really meant to go through gay sex and dating in San Francisco. And, you know, even though that blog no longer exists, Most of those stories were so fucking iconic and just so crazy and so just me in so many different ways that I had to present them all to you and the world in book form. 
And so that's what I'm working on right now. And I'm so fucking excited, you guys. It's going to be, I always say, it's either going to be a New York Times bestseller or it's going to be in the $1 clearance bin at Walmart. But either way, that shit will get out there this year in 2023. That is my goal to publish this book. It's 2023 and I'm in the mode, you guys. I'm in it to win it. I'm doing it. It's going well. I'm so excited. So this week, because again, we're talking about how our happily ever after drowns continuously and repetitively in the San Francisco dating pool. Well, really, that's just the overall underlying tone and theme of my actual book itself. So I thought I would read to you the introduction, the little piece that you can read that sort of just summarizes the entire story before you start turning those pages. So let me actually just read a note from the author now. This memoir is loosely based on actual events. I use the term loosely based because while all the actual stories are real events, some of the filler moments as well as characters' actual names have been fictionalized to protect character identities as well as sprinkling in that little extra spice to make it seem like my life is that much more interesting. This is in part to the idea that for most of this time frame, I was more often than not fully inebriated and have recounted what I can remember to the best of my ability. But make no mistake, the one sentiment that is the most important truth about this story is the overall theme. True gay love. We've all seen and heard those stories of gays falling in love and finding happily ever after moments. We've all watched those terrible, low-budget, gay-themed movies buried in the deep, dark archives of the LGBTQ plus section of the Netflix catalog with questionable actors poorly portraying fairy tale stories of gays finally finding their Prince Charming after so many life-altering hurdles. We've all seen those gay storylines that make the HBO cut for a new series, but don't get renewed for a second season because most of the money was invested into the sex and nude scenes and not into the writing of the struggle that dating within the gay community brings in hopes of finding that happily ever after or true love. But this story, this story is the real truth of gay love in San Francisco. And the real truth is that if you're gay and you're looking for love and you live in San Francisco, you're still looking. Because in San Francisco, gay love is nowhere to be found. So if you're hoping for that gay true love or that happily ever after story, well, this story isn't for you. This story is the story of a group of gay friends that are still on that constant and continuous quest for true love that more often than not always leads to that gay walk of shame. And that's it, you guys. That is the introduction to the book. That is the summary. That is what you can expect from Gay Walk of Shame coming your way so very soon. And I'm still crossing my fingers and shooting for a published date of 2023. So before we get my gay expose on this week's topic of conversation that just so happens to have a very strong 
fire and brimstone when it comes to the area of romance themed undertone. First, let's get your gay expose. And this week, the question was asked to a few of my friends, as well as you, the listeners. In a few words, describe your experience with dating and don't forget to tell me what city you come from. And I'm asking this because I actually just want to know what everybody's individual experience with dating is and where they come from. And I just want to see if my intuition about SF is exactly how I think it is. And I actually kind of just want to know what people's experience outside of San Francisco with dating is as well. So let's get those responses now. Porter from San Francisco, California said, always a guessing game. You just never know when you meet up with a guy whether they want to actually date you or just sleep with you. O'Neill from Las Vegas, Nevada says, I haven't been on a date for so long. <laughs> well, it's good to know that it's not just here in SF. Michael from Sacramento, California says, I could write my very own pilot premise for a reality TV series based on my dating life. Jamal from Atlanta, Georgia says as follows. Hello, loyal listener here. And I'd like to answer this question in a way that I feel you would. A constant and continuous mindfuck. <laughs> I literally am sitting here picturing you impersonating me. And I have to say, you pretty much have it nailed down. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm so happy to hear from a loyal listener, or at least somebody who points it out. <laughs> Mar from San Francisco, California says, time-consuming and expensive. Food out there is overrated and far too high. <laughs> Abraham. From San Francisco says as follows, fun and enlightening. In the process, I've learned a lot about myself, more than I've learned about other people. In short, we're all a little crazy. <laughs> true that. In true San Francisco form, this is a fucking fact. This is what you'll all realize about yourself if you haven't already, if you live in San Francisco. Philip from Oakland, California says as follows. Dating in the Bay Area is just like buying a book from a bookstore, being really excited to take it home and read it, only to find that when you open the book, it's written in a foreign language. <laughs> oh, my, like, yeah, I, I totally get it. Yeah, that's me too. Same, same, same. <laughs> Daniel says, the hits really hit and the misses really fucking miss. And once again, Daniel is from San Francisco. Jared from Columbus, Ohio says, constantly 
settling. <laughs> and this is coming from someone from Columbus, Ohio. So that says a whole hell of a lot. Robin from New Orleans, Louisiana says, always a struggle bus. Peter from Sacramento, California says, impossible when I lived in L.A., but mediocre at best here in Sacramento. Lauren from Pensacola, Florida says, messy trash. <laughs> Are you talking about Pensacola, Florida? Or are you talking about dating? <laughs> Hamish from San Francisco, California says as follows. Stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Sergio says, I haven't really dated in about seven years. And you guessed it, folks. Sergio is also from San Francisco. Matthew from Bay Area, California. <laughs> you guys, okay, so check this out. So if anybody ever says that they live in the Bay Area and they don't say a specific city, what that translates to is I don't live in San Francisco, but I want you to think I live in San Francisco because I actually live outside of San Francisco, and it's actually a city that I'm ashamed to admit, and I don't want to say out loud, so therefore, you just get Bay Area. <laughs> oh, love you, girl. <laughs> but Matthew says as follows. I, I, I forgot what he said. Hold on, let me, sorry. I got so distracted by all the Bay Area bullshit. Oh, okay, here it is. Non-existent. <laughs> Travis from Toronto, Canada said, dating is just like a job interview and most of the applicants are not qualified. Leo from Ashburn, Virginia says as follows, I gave up on all of that a long time ago. Michael number two from San Francisco, California said, you just keep on hooking up until finally one day you decide that maybe it should be just a little bit more. That's the best advice that I could give to anyone who has trouble with the dating scene. <laughs> Jeffrey from Camden, New Jersey said, hot on the sex, but cold on the commitment. <laughs> this actually sounds like the fucking story of my goddamn life perfectly describes to a T, this is it. George from Jackson, Mississippi says, dating when you're a gay person is a complete joke without a punchline. Helen from Seattle, Washington says, awful, mostly sexual. <laughs> well, Helen, welcome to what it means to be a gay man in San Francisco. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. It literally is very that. Justin from Manhattan, New York says as follows. Uncut. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> Apparently, I need to be dating in New York is what Justin's trying to tell me. <laughs> Where do I get the next flight? <laughs> Walter from Los Angeles, California says as follows. On the corner of crack and whore. <laughs> you guys, Walter is one of those that has some doozies in regards to what it actually means to date. He always seems to get the guys that are the worst for him and ends up in these crazy ass situations, even more so than me, believe it or not. But his are a little bit more like restraining ordery than mine are. <laughs> Liam. From San Diego, California says, I really just hope that dating gets better once I turn 21 and can start going out to the bars. <laughs> Liam, I'm here to tell you it's just going to get so much worse when you start going out to the bars. Mark my words. <laughs> Kyle from San Francisco, California says, it's like riding the Muni. Long periods of waiting, then three or four get on in a row, and when you finally get off, you feel like you have to go to the clinic. <laughs> I fucking love this answer, you guys. Literally, this sums up what it means to date in San Francisco. Like, we could just stop right now and just completely finish the show with this one answer alone. That is the summary of this week's expose. <laughs> Kevin from San Francisco, California says as follows, buck dating, just fuck instead. <laughs> you guys, if you follow along to the show and you're paying attention to Kevin's answer each and every week, you fully understand that this is just 100% him through and through and probably a big part of why it is so hard to date in San Francisco. This is that answer that really just perfectly sums all of it up for you in this moment. <laughs> what a stupid fucking bitch. But you know, I mean, I've known him for like six years and he's always been this way. It literally, like he doesn't, he's like one of those people who doesn't ever have any intention of dating and just wants to fuck all the time, but somehow always has a fucking boyfriend that he met on Grinder. <laughs> wow. Like, legitimately, usually everything is just one big giant clusterfuck of really just all over the place. But this week, it sort of sounds like you all struggle with the dating thing. It's good to know that all of the San Francisco responses were all on the same page, which totally justifies the reason why I'm doing this fucking episode and allows me to confidently push through and finish. But also, it's weird to see that people from other parts of the world are actually on that same struggle. So what we are learning here, folks, is that dating is just not all it's cracked up to be in other places outside of San Francisco. So what the fuck? How do we fix this shit? <laughs> or do we just maneuver through in the way that we do and just end up going and 
like spilling our guts out to our therapist every fucking week because we have yet another missed attempt at dating. Not that I have actually done that, but I may or may not talk about that regularly on that little green therapy couch. But at any rate, don't worry if you didn't get your answer read this week. Just remember to continue to follow on Instagram at Exposing My Gay. And remember, the funnier the answer, the more likely you'll be read live on the show. And now, let's hop into my gay expose that just so happens to actually fully define why I think very fervently that my happily ever after actually did, in fact, drown in the San Francisco dating pool. guys, listen, I wanted to take this quick time out to ask you for a huge favor. I need all of you right now in this moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and click five stars. This helps us in the podcast world out so much more than you will ever know. It actually gets us to that trajectory that we're actually already on our way to just a little bit faster. And it makes things start happening. I really just need your help. Please, if you wouldn't mind, just go to Apple Podcasts, click five stars. And if you don't want to click five stars, just, well, keep that click to yourself. (laughs) But you can also rate five stars on Spotify too. So wherever you listen to your podcasts, please, I need your help. Click five stars and allow my gay expose podcast to get to that next best thing. The year was 2014, and HBO debuted a gay-themed show shot on location in the beautiful city of San Francisco entitled Looking. And I actually remember watching this show, well, maybe just a few episodes back when it first came out. But I lived in Sacramento at the time and didn't have any real basis of comparison in regards to knowing anything or any of the places that it actually shot through. And I actually had a friend who recently reached out to me a couple weeks ago. And keep in mind, I had completely and entirely forgotten about this show as a whole. But he actually was like, hey, I was re-watching Looking, and I think they filmed at one of the restaurants that you worked at. Is this the spot. And he like sent a bunch of screenshots or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, that is the restaurant. That's crazy. So I actually went through the motions of actually watching the two seasons that they did on HBO and like watched through the actual footage that they filmed in the restaurant that I worked in. And you guys, the writing was so elaborate to a place where they actually wrote dialogue in the writing that actually dictated this specific restaurant. And it was kind of crazy to sort of rewatch everything through from a completely different, well-educated San Francisco landmark mindset and just know every single place that they were throughout the actual series. But, you know, 
Despite all of the filming on buses, the Muni, etc., and just going through the motions of actually making it a very realistic take on these four or five friends who actually were trying their very best to maneuver through guys and dating and sex and all of it throughout San Francisco, there was one very big miss that I felt this show did not properly execute. And of course, that was this entire notion of the fact that every single fucking character in the show at some point or another found love. There was always a love interest, regardless of whether they were dramatically ripped apart or put back together, etc. Every single fucking one of those characters ended this series in love or married, etc. And I'm here to tell you that is the most inaccurate depiction of San Francisco. And let me tell you all the reasons why. First of all, we've got the entire notion of looks and stature. Like, so here's the thing. So in comparison to like LA or New York, so like the whole thing in LA is like looks, hot body perfection, all of that. And then in New York, it's more about status. It's more about how much money you have, who you know, how you can get into the best parties, climbing up the ladder, all of that bullshit. In San Francisco, it's a pretty good mix of the two with a little extra ingredient known as just down to earth normalcy. And as you may be aware, these three ingredients almost never fully blend in together and cohabitate in a happy and happily ever after manner. In other words, the type of guys that you run into in San Francisco are almost always one of those three different variations. And I do honestly feel that SF being a hub, meaning one of the major cities that people from all over the world come to for jobs, you know, whatever, we get a really good blend of, you know, that melting pot dynamic of like all different kinds of people, which is really great in itself. But also I think that people who come here have really high expectations being that San Francisco is the most celebrated gay city in the world. And they just think it's literally going to be like fucking gay candy land or some shit. And they're just going to skip through the candy fields until they find that hot body jock top who just so happens to be there, Prince Charming. And I'm here to tell you, Prince Charming, he packed up and left San Francisco for that very fucking reason. And you're not going to find him here because he's not here. (laughs) I, I just, it's really that, it's very that. That's the feel, that's the vibe, that's the moment for what it means to date. In current day San Francisco, every guy here, honestly, because it is so gay and there are so many gay people here I think that everyone really just has that grass is always greener mentality in other words they're just always looking for that next best thing so you might like hook up with some really super fucking hot guy on grinder that you just he rocked your world blew your mind and you just want more and he fucked you it was good but now he wants what's Next, that is very, very much the feel for the city here. Everybody's always looking for what's 
better out there. I, I made a joke a few times when, you know, living in Sacramento, I used to say that like, because, you know, I do feel that I am a pretty semi-attractive or passable attractive guy. <laughs> in other words, I get a lot of attention from guys. But like when I was living in Sacramento, I was like the big fish in the little pond. I pretty much just could bank on the fact that I could pretty much get any guy if I wanted. I mean, I never actually like full on tried, but like I knew that I wasn't going to have any problems going home with anyone. In fact, there was one specific time I knew that I was in a situation where I was meeting a friend out at one of the Sacramento clubs and I purposefully went with him with no car, knowing that I would just end up going home with someone. And that I did. (laughs) But when I moved here, I very quickly realized that I was now the little fish in a much bigger pond. And not to mention the fact that a lot of the other guys here were just as good looking as I was. And the joke was for every one cute ginger white boy that all the boys wanted, there were like 10 more of me out there. And once they had me, it was on to the next. And that was like a real dynamic that I just didn't know how to take at first. But I mean, it made for a lot of great gay walk of shame stories (laughs) and all the fuckery in between with that. But on top of that, Many of the guys here in regards to like serious dating and relationships, etc. are all in, wait for it, open relationships. So when you maneuver through any grinder grid or scruff or jacked or any of the hookup apps that you try to go through, guaranteed you look at your grid right then and there in San Francisco and I could, I could just rest assured that like 85% of those guys that you see are in a relationship and open and they just want to fuck. And that is the vast majority of the guys that you're trying to like meet and date and shit. It's just, it's very that. And it's just hard to kind of like gauge that because guys don't always openly disclose that information to you up front. So you end up wasting your time chatting back and forth, setting up shit and Just to find out, all he really wanted was to get into your pants because he has a partner back at home. So there's that. And then, you know, there's that entire dynamic of like the apps. All the apps out there, you see this beautiful guy on the app. You hit him up, you tap him, things are going well. And when you actually meet him in person, you realize that they actually had like fucking six filters, probably used Photoshop cropped out all their facial skin irritated things that you see all over their face. And it's just not the guy that you saw in that picture. Either that or they were maybe 10 pounds lighter in the photos that they sent you than you actually see in real time, which is a very common thing. And honestly, happens a lot here. But I think the one thing that honestly contributes to the fact that you will almost always walk away from any date disappointed and just know that your fucking happily ever after will most certainly drown in the San Francisco dating pool is the dynamic of how huge gay hookup culture is in San Francisco. 
It's just that weird dynamic of all those blurred fine lines in between of not knowing whether you're on a date or you're just hooking up or you're going to go on a date just to hook up or are you on a date to go on a second date or what are we doing? Why, like, what are we having coffee? Why couldn't we just go to your house? Like, there's just so many unanswered questions when you interact with people here in the city and nobody's talking about it up front. Nobody wants to be direct with you and nobody is going to tell you that all they really want is just to stick their dick deep within your ass. So there's this guy that I've actually been chatting with for probably about a month and a half-ish, give or take, at this moment. And he actually lives in Las Vegas. And, you know, we've been kind of chatting back and forth and really just kind of trying to get to know each other blah, 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 etc. And legitimately, ironically, on the cusp of my friend texting me, asking me if I knew that looking was actually filmed in the restaurant that I worked for, he texted me one day, this guy from Vegas, out of the blue, was like, so how do you like San Francisco? And I was just like, what the fuck kind of question is this? That's what I first thought when I saw the text. I was like, oh God, where do I even begin? And I was like, well, you know, to be honest with you, I absolutely fucking love it here because I do. I do love it here. And he was like, you know, I was just watching this show on HBO called Looking. And after watching that series, I really just feel like I'm ready to like make some sort of a change and move in my life. And I'm just thinking that San Francisco might be that spot. So I just wanted to get your feedback on what you thought about San Francisco. And I was like, oh, God, no, 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 no. That, oh God, like, how do I even express in a text message form to this guy that, yes, while San Francisco is one of the most amazing cities in the world, the dating slash love department is definitely not the place for that. <laughs> I think that I've just been here for so long and just gone through so much of my own dramatic back and forth in regards to dating and guys and sex and all of it that I just, I'm used to it here now. And I just think that he watched the two seasons of this show and really just thought that he would could move, pick up his life, move here, and he would just live the life that all of these characters on Looking did in this show that was really just kind of overly like Hollywoodized in the regards to like the romantic and love interest storylines of the show. And I just, I, I, I just had to be like, okay, listen, I'm just going to tell you up front, San Francisco is fucking amazing. It's fucking expensive. So just be prepared for that. But also like, while there is so much to offer here, while it is one of the most amazing free, open, gay cities in this world, dating and the boys is very problematic. And if you think that you can just pick up your life, move here and get that happily ever after, like every single one of those fucking characters in looking ended up doing, I'm here to tell you that's just not going to (laughs) happen. It's just not, not realistic. I mean, listen, I know that like 
the main theme of this specific episode has been that you won't find love in San Francisco. And you know what? Maybe I will one day. But I think anyone who lives in San Francisco can unanimously agree that the moment you stop trying to actually find love or think that dating any specific guy is going to end in some sort of successful venture then that's when you actually do find the quality people and potentially things can move forward from there. So it's not completely out of the cards. I just feel like a lot of people think that because SF is so gay that you can just move here and find love. And I'm just here to tell each and every one of you that San Francisco is not, definitely not the place to seek out a match. Oh, God. So if you're planning on moving to San Francisco anytime soon, just know that I've had multiple friends move out of the city because all they want in their lives is to fall in love and settle down and find that happily ever after. And they all equally found, just like me, that for them, their happily ever after did, in fact, drown in the San Francisco dating pool. So what do we learn today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, gays and straights, tops or bossy power bottoms, gender fluid and non-binary, bisexuals and lesbians, transgender and questioning? Well, I'd like to think we learned a whole hell of a lot. Okay, listen, at any rate, we just learned that if you plan on moving to the beautiful city of San Francisco, just know that your happily ever after will be drowning right next to mine in that San Francisco dating pool. And and that's it, you guys. That's what will happen. I promise you, uh, I mean, unless you just somehow strike the lottery and get lucky. Uh, but all jokes aside, I really do feel that I will find love one day, you guys. I'm. This really is a very, you know, embellished and sarcastic spin on the frustrations of dating in SF. And while all of my fellow friends can, like, completely 100% agree and attest to all of the shit that I've said on this week's expose, just know that it's not the easiest walk in the San Francisco City Park. I promise you. <laughs> but come anyway and visit and live and just enjoy your San Francisco life to the fullest. You know, and with that, I just want to hear from you, the listeners. Like, what the fuck do you think? What is it like to date in your city? And where are you from? Give me a call at the official My Gay Expose podcast hotline at 415 that's 415-501-0401. Call in, leave a message, and tell me all about it. Uh, and with that, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Click five stars, follow on Spotify, and don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch wind of each and every episode of My Gay Expose podcast right when it drops. Follow on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Exposing My Gay. And don't forget to check out the official show website, mygayexposepodcast.com.
www.thepodcastmarketingmama.com. And there you'll find any information that you need in regards to the show. And don't forget to check out the latest piece to the My Gay Expose podcast, Puzzle, the official show merch line, Bossy Power Bottom Wear, and go through the catalog and select a piece for your upcoming Pride and Gay event. Oh, and don't forget to join us next week for another messy, salacious, and relatable episode with me exposing my gay. Oh, shit, you guys. <laughs> I forgot to say that you can find Bossy Power Bottom Wear on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com. Fuck, I am such a fucking mess. <laughs> oh, and don't forget to join us next week for another messy, salacious and relatable episode with me exposing my gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn and I will, oh, what are we talking about this week? Oh, I will drown right alongside you with my happily ever after in that San Francisco dating pool. Next time. (laughs) Oh my God. I am a fucking hot mess. Oh, I, I, that's, drops the mic and scene. We're done. This week's expose has been brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Want to know more? Go to bossypowerbottom.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with Bossy Power Bottom Production.